so this is, uh, we'll finish up from what we talked about last week. And uh, for those that weren't here, it's uh, God's process versus struggle. But we're going to tie into what causes us to be successful in God's process, and that is faith, trust, and obedience. So uh, Exodus 13, um, by the way, and uh, Phil, if you could read that for me, again, um, verse 17 through 22. Brief review from last week and then we'll go on. Exodus 13, verse 17 to 22. Verse 17 yes, through 22. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn to the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them life, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Alright, so just to briefly uh, touch on what we talked about last week. Uh, so here's Israel coming out of Egypt, and God has them where they can go a shorter route, which will take them through the Philistines, where God knows what's going to happen. And if God's saying that, hey, if the Philistines see them, they're going to go to war, and what's going to happen is Israel's going to get afraid, and they're going to go back and go back to Egypt and go back into bondage. Right? But uh, God says we need to take them around this way through the wilderness, which is a longer journey. And then to us, you know, we will wonder, well, why would God take them a longer route instead of the shorter route, even though God's protection was upon Israel. But God had to, his process was trying to get them to build Israel up to an area in their hearts to where they will go to be obedient. Because eventually they're going to have to fight the Philistines one way or the other. We see that all throughout the Old Testament. They're fight, that was their arch enemy. They're fighting the Philistines among other nations as well. But they fought the Philistines quite a bit. And, but at that point where they came out of Egypt, they weren't ready to fight the Philistines. So they would have been defeated. And then sometimes, you know, that could be us. Sometimes we may think we're ready for something. We think we're ready for ministry. Think we're ready for whatever. It could be a, a specific job or something like that. Until we get hit and punch in the mouth, right? And then we have that glass jaw that uh, I like to attribute it to Michael Moore. I know some of y'all probably had no idea what I'm talking about, but he was a boxer. <laughs> he fought George Foreman for a championship when George Foreman was making a comeback, and Michael Moore was beating, beating him, winning him, and all he had to do was stay away from George Foreman until uh, the end of the round. Ended about, but 
he decided not to listen to his corner and decided to still continue to try to knock George Foreman out. And George Foreman hit him one time, knocked him out. But that's how we could be sometimes, <laughs> you know, because we we thinking we know best a lot of times when we when we uh, we always want to help God out, and God just wants us to follow His process, and His process causes growth. And the thing about it, we we talked about how there's always an end result with God's process. There's always growth. There's always strength and um, elevation, promotion with God's process, and those things are not found when we struggle because when we struggle we, we're going against God's process and we're fighting it and that's what we can see with Israel a lot of times they murmured they complained and what caused them to get off of God's process is they started murmuring and complaining and then instead of them keeping their eyes and their faith and their trust in God what they do is started to blame Moses and that's what we do when we're faced with tough situations and we find ourselves in struggle we start to look at man we may start to look at a family member we may start to look at a spouse, we may start to look at a co-worker, a supervisor, whatever, even the President of the United States. Well, you know, when we struggle, we want to blame everybody but ourselves. And if we just stay true to God's plan, He'll work it out. But in the midst of God's process, there's going to be some hurt, there's going to be a pain. And God's process doesn't mean that we're going to get through it in a short amount of time. Because we talked about last week how it took David 15 years before, from the time he was anointed to king, before he became king. And there was a reason for that, because he had to learn from going to be a shepherd boy to learn to be a king. And just like it was part of God's process for him to be rejected by his family. It was a part of God's process for him to fight Goliath. Why? Because now he goes and fights Goliath, and 1 Samuel chapter 17, it talks about how um, Saul said, whoever defeats Goliath, will have riches, will, will marry his daughter, and then their, their, their uh, father will have to worry about paying taxes. So what happens? He goes, he defeats Goliath, and guess what? In order to learn how to be a king, you had to be around a king. Mm -hmm. So now he's around Saul. So even though he's not following everything that Saul does, per se, because he's still seeking God, but he's still learning the ins and outs about it. But that was a part of God's process. Even for David to be chased and hunted down by Saul was all a part of God's process. And we have to understand God's process is not going to be easy on our flesh. Really, God's process is going to help us crucify our flesh, Amen. which we don't want. <laughs> we, we really don't want because it hurts and it pains us, but we, we, we need it. Our flesh has to be crucified. Yeah. All right. So, um, skipping to, to this day, that was just a review from last week. So, learning from this, from this particular scripture here, and just how God dealt with Israel, we learned three important things. All right, number uh, first, as to why three important things as to why God takes them through a longer route. See, very often when there are delays, we ask, "Why me? Why God?" And we don't always understand because sometimes what happens is we can receive a prophetic word from somebody, and we're thinking it's supposed to come within this time frame, but it it, it doesn't work that way, right? Because God knows what's in us, even if we have strong Bible knowledge, uh, or whatever, or, or position, or a title somewhere. It doesn't matter. God knows what's in our heart. So God knows what needs to come out of us. Sometimes God has to rip that pride out of us. Amen. Right? So he needs to humble us and, he, and, and help us to be in humility. So his process is going to strip us of that pride. 
and, and he's going to take us through areas where we don't want to go. It, where it's going to be tough upon us, right? So we have to understand that God is doing it to help us, yeah. not to hurt us. And it, and it feels like we're being hurt. It feels like we're being tortured. Trust me, I know. I've been there, right? I'm like, God, why do you have me here? And he's going to bring us through places where we are going to get rejected. But that is all a part of his plan, his process, for us to draw closer to him. Mm -hmm. Alright, so number one, uh, when God takes us through a longer route, we understand that God is compassionate. See, because he understood what Israel was where they weren't ready to fight the Philistines. Why? Because they would, they, they would have been defeated. They would have been defeated and then they would have they gone right back into bondage and it would have took that much longer for God to get them back out of Egypt than what he did in, uh, with, with Pharaoh and trying to get him out the first time. So God is compassionate. He's not bringing us through his process to hurt us. He's bringing it, us through his process to grow us. Mm -hmm. And we, we have to remember that. All right? So number two, God completes what he starts. So even though Israel went through the wilderness and they, they stayed in the wilderness longer because they murmured and complained. But God was still faithful to the nation of Israel because he called them his people. So he said from 20 and up, all right, you're not going to go into the promised land. But he still stayed faithful to Israel. For those that were 19 and under, he brought them into the promised land. But even in the midst of them still staying in the wilderness, guess what? They still had to fight the wars. They still had to go to battle. And on the surface, in the natural, they really wasn't equipped to fight these other people because they're... they're uh, Tools of war wasn't as up-to-date during that time as the Philistines and the Malachites. So they were behind. So they had to trust God. So even though God says, hey, I'm going to deliver you, I'm, uh, I'm going to bring you to victory, guess what? They still had to go to battle. They still had to fight. They still had to have faith to fight. So it's not that we just sit back a lot of times and God is going to do all the work and we just stand back in faith. No. We're going to have to do some work in this. And we can't stand pat and think that God's going to come and just wipe out everything for us and make it easy because that's not how God works. He, he's going to work through faith, trust, and obedience. All right, so point number three, let us not be impatient. We can't be impatient when it comes to God's process because it can be long. Just like I talked about with David, it lasted 15 years. It could be longer than that for some of us, right? Because... We can determine on how much, on how long it's going to be, whether or not we're going to obey God. And we're going to allow Him to strip us of things that He wants to strip us of. Because sometimes we can be stubborn, right? We, we've all, probably all been that way. <laughs> Where, you know, God's trying to get something out of us or get something to us, but our hearts and our minds are not ready. And we're, we're, thinking, we're, we're thinking one way, but God's like, no, you're not ready yet. Just like Israel wasn't ready to go into the promised land yet. Even when they were ready to go, 10 out of 12 was like, no, not yet. See, because their faith wasn't there yet. But two of them did have faith. Just like David had faith when he went up against Goliath. Even the whole Israeli army was back there shaking and cowering. Goliath was there out there for 40 days and nights. Egging them on, saying, come on, somebody come. Nobody will come. But then here comes David. And God set it up that way for David to, to come like that and for David to be victorious. And see, David knew 
He stood on God's promises. He knew and he stood in faith. It didn't matter. We focus in on five smooth stones. Look, David could have had a safety pin. He knew God was going to bring him victory. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. So, and he says it in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17 that uh, Goliath had what? A javelin, a sword, mm -hmm. and something else too. And it still, it still wouldn't have mattered because he wasn't going to beat David because David said it was by the Lord's spirit yes. that he was going to defeat Goliath. And that's the same thing with us. Regardless of what obstacles we face, mm -hmm. regardless of what comes against us, Amen. God's Spirit is for us, and He's going to bring us to victory, regardless of what our situation is. Yes. No matter what, but we have to trust the process, mm -hmm. and we have to be obedient, and we can't murmur, we can't complain, mm -hmm. because we're thinking we're murmuring and complaining against man. Even if we're murmuring and complaining against a supervisor, and Let's say they're not even saved. We're still murmuring, complaining against God. Because God has us in that situation. Because He's trying to develop us and grow us. So we're going to face adversity. Adversity is good. And a lot of times we don't want to face adversity because adversity hurts at the same time. But again, when we come out of adversity, we come out strong. So just like when Jesus came out of the wilderness, what He came out with power. He came out with power. So when we go in God's process, now we're going to come out with power. There's going to be growth through it. Right? And then each time, each step along the way, till, he, till we get to where He's calling us to, He's going to continue to grow us. And even when we get there, our faith will still have to be at a certain point to where we're going to trust Him through it all. Alright, so I'll just read, uh, well, we can turn to Numbers uh, 14. I'll just read this. So, we have to understand, murmuring causes delays in God's process and brings, us, brings on struggle. So, Numbers 14, verse 22 to 23 and 28. Uh, I'll read it. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore in their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. So we can stop right there. If you read like the end of Exodus 15, Exodus 16, Exodus 17, no matter what God did, Israel will come back and still complain. They weren't out of, look, just think, they walked on literally dry ground through the Red Sea and then watched Egypt get, their army get destroyed. Not even, 30 days later, they were murmuring and complaining. And guess what? We do the same thing. We can do, God can touch us, move in our hearts, move in our lives, and two weeks later, we'll be murmuring and complaining. We, we've done it. I've been guilty of it. You know? So none of us are exempt from that. So that's why I always say we can learn about our walk in the church by watching Israel. Because the same murmuring and complaining they did, the same murmuring and complaining we do today on this side of the cross. But we have to be careful of that because that causes us to struggle. So going down to verse 28. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered, according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I will make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you say will be victim, I will bring in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. 
But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. So we can stop right there. But just imagine, here you have those who are 19 and under still have to suffer in the wilderness because of their murmuring and complaining of their parents and their ancestors. So, but in the meantime, even though they're murmuring and complaining, they're stuck in the wilderness here, again, they still have to fight and they still have to go to war. Why? Because the young ones still have to learn to trust God. Do it. The young ones still had to learn to fight and to go into battle, right? So this is why we, we teach our younger ones as well. We teach our younger ones what not to do, and sometimes they don't listen. <laughs> sometimes they don't listen. They think we don't know nothing as parents. <laughs> you want to say it, man? <laughs> but you you know we 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 don't want our young children to make the mistakes that we make. And, we, and we, we try to teach them that way. But, you know, sometimes they're going to have to make the mistakes. And sometimes we have to let them go and, and let them fall. So it's just like learning how to ride a bike. You know, we, we're holding on, we're holding on, but we got to let them go. You know. All right. So, God, again, so God's process requires three things. Faith, trust, and obedience. So faith, Hebrews 11, 6. I'll just begin reading because I know this uh, familiar verse. You can write it down in your notes. Hebrews 11, 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we know, we, we're familiar with the scripture. We know that without faith, it is impossible to uh, please God. The issue comes in is, a lot of times what we do is we want to have faith for certain things. We want to have faith to believe God, whether it's for a job, whether it's for finances, uh, whether it's for um, someone getting healed. We want to have faith for those things, but that's only part of it. Because Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, you can turn there. 10 and 38. 10 and 38, mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Mm -hmm. So the just shall live by faith. So if we're the just, we have to live by faith. We can't have faith in just spurts. We have to live it. So that word live also means to breathe. So we have to breathe it. So that means we have to be in faith. Really, 24-7. Right? So we have to be in faith when we're going to work. We should be in faith when we're going to the grocery store. We should be in faith if we're cooking dinner. We should be in faith even if we're going to the bathroom. Right? We should be in faith all the time. But what we do as Christians, we want to pick and choose times when we want to be in faith. And that's not what God's designed us to be. So sometimes we wonder why we may enter into difficulties and why we find it tough to get over the hump because we're not living in faith. And see, when we're living in faith, it's just like working out. We're continuously doing it and we're continuously getting stronger and our faith continuously grows. So even if we're hit with something, somebody calls and says, hey, I'm dealing with this, or the doctor gives a negative report, now we're not shook because we've been living in faith. We've been consistent in the faith. And that's how we have to be no matter what happens, no matter what we faith no matter what we face, we have to live in faith. So Hebrews chapter 11, 
flip back over to another chapter, the next chapter over. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Verse 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with, with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker was God. So understand, Abraham had to go through God's process. He didn't see all that his ancestors saw. But he still had to trust God. Even when God said, leave your family, go. That was a part of God's process. So he didn't receive it right away. He had to wait years. right? He had to wait years before Isaac was born. And again, we learned, we know before that he tried to help him out. Right, which he tried to help him out, right? But God said no, because God had other plans. And when we try to help God out, we get in trouble. Amen. Because as we see today, the ancestors uh, Isaac and Ishmael they're fighting today, and you know, all that could have been avoided if they just stayed in obedience, right? But it doesn't mean understand. Doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. Doesn't mean we may not face certain fears and things like that because we know that even though God called Abraham friend, God was with Abraham when God got to Egypt, what did he, I mean when Abraham got to Egypt, what did he do? He lied about who Sarah was, right? So he had that fear now, but see God still kept him along the way. See what happens is even if we get off track God will still nudge us back over. The problem is a lot of times we don't want to listen to that nudge, just like he warned Israel over and over but they didn't listen. So when we, when we don't listen and God's trying to get us back on track, now we go way out into the wilderness and now we find ourselves struggling and we find ourselves laboring and we find ourselves going upstream and finding difficulties where God really didn't design us to go that way. And now it's gotta, he's got to bring us back way more back around because we didn't listen and we didn't obey. Amen. Amen. So... Alright, so understand, even when, like I talked about before, even when Israel went into battle, they still had to have faith because, like I said, on the surface, on the natural, they weren't supposed to defeat these other nations. But God still went before them. God brought the victory, but they still had to go. They still had to fight. They still had to exert some energy and some effort. And to get through God's process, that's what we're going to have to do. And a lot of times we think that, you know, it should be, well, just kicking back in the pool and just relaxing. And as much as we would all like it to be that way, it's not going to be that way. Because God is doing something in us. And we can't blame other people. We have to look in the mirror and look at ourselves and say, God, what are you trying to do here? And see, and we have to be sure. That's why it's important. We have to be sure to know what God is calling us to. Because if we're not, now we start to doubt along the way. And see... We can't doubt. We have to trust God. We have to know Him. Which brings us to trust. <laughs> so trust is an important part of God's process. So trust is one of the most important attributes of the Christian walk. Trusting God in His process is the key to our faith journey. So Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. Again, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Right. So a lot of times what we do is we want to lean onto our own understanding. We want to lead on what we know. We want to lean on what helped us and got us through in the past. No. God is always trying to do something new. 
in us. So we can't look back in the past. You know, we have to trust and move forward. And the problem is a lot of times when God's trying to push us out and do something new, we hold back. So I taught a message years ago. I preached a message about the uh, African Impala. And, you know, when the Impala is out in Africa, they could jump 15 feet high and 30 feet in, in length. But you bring them to America, put them behind the fence, a three-foot fence, they won't jump. Why? Because they can't see where they're landing. So even though they have the ability to jump three times or five times higher than that fence, they won't do it. And a lot of times we're afraid of stepping out to do the things of God mm -hmm. because we're not fully trusting Him. We're like, mm, I don't know how this is going to end. We, we, we think back to past failures. I don't know how this is going to work. No, nah, God, I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> and, and it's important for us to step out. So even with this ministry, I had to step out and trust God because I didn't know what He's going to do. But I just know He told me to leave. But I had to leave, and this is not a knock on the previous ministry, but I had to leave Egypt, right? Because it wasn't nothing that they were doing per se, but there were certain things being done, I, I, and I had to be rejected there, because if I wouldn't, then I, I probably would have stayed. I, I would have stayed. But rejection is a part of God's process. Right? It don't feel good. <laughs> it don't feel good. It doesn't mean that I didn't have thoughts and stuff, but, you know, I had to learn to trust God through the process. Right? So, regardless of that, I couldn't take it personal because it was God. They didn't realize what they were doing. Right? So, just like when somebody does something, they don't realize what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Just like we talked about before, it's a spirit. But God is allowing it to happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I would have had one foot there and then one foot out. Mm -hmm. It couldn't work. It couldn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So, Psalms 56, verse 3 through 4. Psalm 56, 3 through 4 says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? So the benefits of trusting God are immeasurable. While the Bible is filled with stories of those who didn't trust God, it also is packed with stories with those who did. And that's what we have to look at. That's how we help build up our faith, by going back and reading the success stories in the Bible, right? So we know about Daniel being thrown in the lion's den, right? So he, Daniel, we know, was in faith, trusted God, and was in obedience to God. And because he trusted God, guess what? Even when he's in the lion's den, it caused the what? The king to come back and worship God, right? So same thing with David fighting Goliath, right? He had to trust God. And Esther, what happened with Esther? She came before the king, even though it could have resulted in her death. She trusted God to save her people, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked into the blazing furnace and came out not even smelling like smoke because God kept them. They trusted God. And, and what did they tell Nebuchadnezzar? Even if our God does not deliver us, we will not bow down. So are we going to stand upon God's word? Are we going to stand upon his promises and what he has promised us? So... Trust is an indicator of our heart's condition, reflecting where our loyalty and commitment lies. So understand, we will all love to know how God's going to get us to where he's taking us to. We will all know, but that wouldn't show the um, trust in our hearts, mm -hmm. if God told us. And a lot of times, if God reveals things to us, 
we can lounge around, take shortcuts, <laughs> and, 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 you know, until we get close to that time. So, all right, now I want to start getting serious. And, and that really, that's how some people are. Like, if they're going to teach a, a, a Bible study lesson, you know, they may not be spending time with God till it's time for them to teach. Now, all of a sudden, they're spending time in God's Word, spending time in prayer, and then as soon as they get done with their lesson, they're right back to normal. Mm. No, there has to be consistency. And we have to abide in His presence. So we have to have faith. If we have to have faith, we have to have trust. So Psalms 20 and 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Let us not put our trust in materialistic things. Right? We can't put our trust in the uh, certificates, uh, titles, the degrees, and things like that. You know, we're special people as God's people. We're special people. So we're going to be different from what the world the world says, you need this, you need that. But God says, you just need me. Mm, that's good. That's and that's all we have to do is just trust him through the process and obey him. Mm -hmm. And uh, Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Jesus. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Yes. So we have to trust God. Amen. So understand Amen. and trust in God is knowing him. Knowing Him means now when God is speaking, we are sure. That's why we have to know God's voice. We, we, can't, we, we, we have to get out of the habit of, I think God is saying this to me. I think, but I'm not sure. Uh-uh. Because you come to me with that, I'm going to tell you to go back and pray. Because you have to know. And, it, you know, and it's just like I talked about how um, God had me talk to that pastor that time. Who's talking about doing something with his church? And then I'm asking, like, well, God, is God telling you this? And he's like, well, I think, no, no. If you're telling me you think, then he ain't told you. Because <laughs> you have to know. And it goes back again to having the fear of God. And when we know him, now we can have that reverential fear to the point where we don't want to get off track. We don't want to disobey him. But we want to stay in his will and in his process. We don't want to be in his uh, permissive will. We want to be in his perfect will. And that's what we have to uh, remember. Alright, so faith, trust, and now obedience. Isaiah 1 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Right, oh, I forgot one scripture for trust. Psalms 9 and 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So in other words, those who know you Know your name. That word name there actually means reputation. So we have to know God for who he is. That God is what? He's a healer. Amen. God is a deliverer. Yes. Right? So he's Jehovah Nisi. He's a banner. He goes before us. Amen. Right? So he, he is our peace. Because he's a God of peace. And we, we have to remember that. That God is everything that we need. So when we know him, we can trust him. Alright, so John 14, 15 through 17. We can turn there. So this is what's going to help us get through God's process. And, and, and I was privy to a conversation this week where people were talking about um, someone and talking about themselves and how they struggled. And these are Christians. And I was having a discussion with my wife and said, well, you know what? We shouldn't be struggling and wallowing and our walk and our salvation. And here's the reason why. John 14, uh, verse 15. If you, about, excuse me, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. And he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit will keep us in check along the way. The Holy Spirit is constantly trying to communicate with us. But are we listening? Are we obeying? And I'll give two examples where I failed one time this week and I passed this week. <laughs> and all went running my mouth. Right? So I'm talking. I'm talking early in the week. I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday. And I'm talking and I'm running my mouth and the Holy Spirit says, stop. I don't stop. I keep talking. And then now I feel the cutting. Right? Because I, I was disobedient, you know. I don't know why he wanted me to stop talking, and um, so, but nothing happened. And but fast forward, I, I felt I got convicted. I got convicted, and then I think it was Thursday, no Friday. I'm talking to somebody on the phone, and then, and we're talking, and then I'm going on and on, and then the Holy Spirit says stop. I said, all right, I gotta stop. I gotta stop talking. And I told him I gotta stop. The Lord's telling me to stop, and and that's what I did. I obeyed. But it, it's the little things like that. We have to be obedient. And I say that to say because as we go through this process, the Holy Spirit is going to communicate with us. Mm -hmm. That's what separates us from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what's going to keep us even when, when I walk. So when I hear when people say as Christians, well, they're struggling, they're struggling. Well, where are you at with the role of the Holy Spirit? Now you need the fullness of the Holy Spirit to carry you through because that is what's going to get us through this walk in this earth. And... You know, that word helpful there also means comfort, right? It's an advocate. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit comes to back up the Word of God. He comes to glorify Jesus, right? So he's not going to go against the Word of God. We talked about this a few weeks ago. That he's not going to go against the Word of God, but guess what? He's not going to go against God's process for us, neither. So when we start to struggle, go very off course, and the Holy Spirit's warning us, leading us back, now he's going to let us go. And go because he's not going to force his way on us. He's a gentleman. He's going to speak, like you said, if that two-letter word, if we either going to obey or we're not going to obey. And he wants us to obey. And as we obey, now he sets us up for success. So obedience allows the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. Mm -hmm. So think about the disciples in the upper room. Jesus told them to wait, right? So they had to obey. What happens if they didn't wait? It should have been more than 120 of them. But only 120 decided to be obedient. And the 120 got blessed right away. Right? Because they got the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Right? So when God says wait, we need to wait. When he says go, we need to go. When he says shut your mouth, like you did me, I need to shut my mouth. Right? <laughs> because he's always, he's, he's testing us along the way. How much are we ready for more? How much did we grow? And are we going to remain humble through the process? So the only way Abraham was able to trust God was because he knew him. We can't say, well, God knows our heart, so God's not. No, because if, if that was the case, then God wouldn't have told Abraham to go sacrifice his son. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm testing you. And guess what? Abraham passed the test. Mm -hmm. So the same thing he's doing with us, hey, I need you to go do this. He's testing us. So are we going to be obedient? And we have to know we're not doing this out of our own strength. 
but it's about having faith, having trust, and being obedient. Amen? Amen. 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 So I'll close with that. <laughs>